Well, kids, I don't know how many times I get to say this. If you're... I actually, I already had a couple of them in fourth or fifth grade that say, but can we go today too? So how about this? If you're a kid and you want to go hang out with Mr. Justin today, by all means, just head on. Y'all have a good time. I'm grateful for the chance to get to hang out with y'all today. Half of y'all are thinking, I'm about to go and go ahead and get the early appetizers, and that's okay, too. Y'all can just just go with the kids, and it'll make it seem like you're just going to help, and then you can dip off from there. If you've got a Bible with you, I want you to turn to the book of Psalms. This morning we're going to look at Psalm chapter 66. As you turn there, I want to also want to do something else I'm, I don't get to do very often. Um, and it's part of it's drawing attention to these little baskets that are down here. I don't get to do this very often because. Um, Typically, if Justin's around, we can't say anything about him. He's, he's quite humble. And you all know something that's really great right now? It's probably about the time that he's passing all the speakers and the TVs down at the King's Place entrance. And so he's hearing me talk and can't do nothing about it. It's awesome. Today, we're going to talk about celebrating. And so I want to, I want to begin this time by drawing attention to our pastor just for a minute, if I can do that, if y'all are cool with that. Um, if, if, if you've been around and involved in anything over the last few weeks, then, then you've heard or seen um, all of the, the ministerial staff's faces up on the, the bulletins and things, and Justin's had us up sharing and doing things. Um, Justin took Pastor Appreciation Month and made it I'm going to elevate everybody else around me month. And that's why I love him so much. Because that's not normal. That man does some incredible things. Just so y'all know, every every sermon he preached was because several weeks ago he texts all of us individually and says, Hey, what's your favorite Bible verse? And so on our day when he acknowledged us and made us stand up in front of everybody to brag on us, that's the sermon he preached that day. He does things like that all the time, and people don't even really even know it. So I just want to take a minute and say, take a minute. It's not October. It's not Pastor Appreciation Month anymore. But I hope when Justin leaves here today, he's going, what in the world happened on there? Everybody's coming up and giving me hugs. Like, <laughs> evidently Ben just bombed it because they're really loving me right now make sure justin knows just how great he is do me that favor please because we're blessed church we're blessed beyond our wildest imaginations with a guy that leads us and so i just want to take a minute to brag on him and boast on him for just a minute I want to give you a little background for, for this, this, uh, this message, our time together this morning. Um, many of y'all know that my first major step in ministry was at a church plant in Memphis. 
It was a great thing that we got to be a part of, and we really loved it and, and enjoyed it because we were seeing God at work, um, and God was at work. But I remember coming home one day, and I remember talking um, just about what was going on and the things we were having to deal with. And I don't know if it was me that said it or Abby that said it, but somebody in that conversation made the statement, we don't celebrate like we used to. And it took me a little while because I, I had to kind of think about it before I really grasped why. We had stopped celebrating all that God was doing in and amongst us. And part of that's because God was at work and we were sort of understaffed. And so we were trying, before we gave God the opportunity to praise him for what he was doing or what he had done, we were going ahead and moving on to the next thing that we had to get ready and prepare for. Part of it was just because he was just, that's just what he did. And so we just sort of became callous to it. Part of it is because as a, as a church that was growing faster than really we could keep up with, and it's just, we put too much focus on, you know, the growing pains and the little things that we had to deal with. And it became where our conversations at home and the office was much more about dealing with stuff and getting things ready than it was celebrating what God was doing. And it's been the last few months that that has been playing over and over and over in my mind because we're in a time and a season in the life of this church um, where God is doing some incredible things. And I want to remind us this morning not to grow callous to it, not to get to where we just expect it and move on, but that we continue to celebrate all that God is doing. We don't get so tunnel-visioned. That we forget this is his thing anyway. I love these shirts and I, <laughs> the, the, the slogan on the front of it isn't, it wasn't exactly planned for this message, but we've got to remember as a church, as the body of Christ, that it's not about us. It is about God because it's his. So today we're going to remind ourselves of a couple reasons that we have to celebrate because of who God is, because what God has done, what he's doing, and what he is still yet to do. So let's read together Psalm chapter 66, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land and they passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him, who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. 
Bless our God, O people. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. And when, when, and we went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. This morning I want us to look at a few reasons that we have to celebrate a few things that this passage reminds us of of who God is because sometimes our view of God is what what keeps us from celebrating what he is doing and what and and the praise that he deserves now we're never going to fully understand who God is but we sort of have this this thing about us, and, and I don't think it's with a, with a negative spirit or coming from a bad place, um, but it, it's the whole man upstairs kind of mentality. We think of God almost like as the Morgan Freeman narrator guy who's just there just speaking with a voice that should be just like, you know, narrating documentaries and things, and that's how we view God, and, and to a degree, we can't. We don't know how. Because of how big and how great he is. And so because we can't fathom it, we, we tend to limit it. And today I want us to see, and it reminded us, um, in verse 3 is, is the first thing for us to remember. And it's that God is all-powerful. Those are words we hear all the time. Those are words you've heard, you've learned, you know what all of those words mean, I think. I want you to say that in your head. God is, not might be, could be, maybe could be, God is all-powerful. He shows that to us in so many, many ways. He shows us that he is power, or has the power to create We see that in Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be heaven and earth. And let there be an expanse between the things. And let there be animals on it. And let there be plants that grow. And let there be stars in the sky. And let there be things in the sky that separate the day and the night. And let there be, and let there be, and let there be, and there was. And at the end it says, and God saw all that he had done, all that he had created, and it was very good. Not only does God have the power to create, God has power over his creation. Six chapters later, we've messed things up royally. And so what does God do? He goes to Noah and he says, Noah, I need you to build a big old boat. Because I'm looking at my creation and it's not how I intended it for for it to be. And so I'm about to start all over, and I'm going to start all over with you. And so God shows his power and his authority over creation. We see it with Jesus on the boat with the disciples when the storm comes, and they're a nervous wreck, and Jesus stands up and says, Calm down. And they look at each other and say, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey his voice? 
Y'all, sometimes we face difficult things in our life and we forget that God has the power, so much power that verse 3 reminds us that his enemies come to him cringing when they view and are reminded and acknowledge just how powerful he is. The last person to surrender to anybody is their enemy. It's easy to have somebody that you love and that loves you come up and say, man, you just, you just got it all together. You're just so strong and mighty. And no, this is, this is the enemy of God falling at his feet, cringing when he recognizes how powerful God is. And so for us as, as a child of God, we need to remind ourselves we are children not of the man upstairs or the dude that rides around on the clouds that has little cartoon wings. We are the child of the God that the wind and the seas obey. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says, For I am sure neither that death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Y'all, if we can't celebrate that, then we need to pack up and head to the house. Be reminded today that God is powerful. The second thing we see in verse 6, and it sort of starts in verse 5, and is that God is our deliverer. Through the power that he has, he delivers us through, out of, and into a whole lot of things. Verse 5 says this, Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land, and they passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice. Verse 6 references Moses standing at the the water's edge with the Egyptian army coming to, uh, literally to destroy them. There was nothing that a person could do. Nothing that they were capable of except to just stand there and either choose to drown or choose for the army to come and destroy them and it was God speaking down to Moses raise up your staff and the waters themselves part God has been faithful to deliver his people out of bad situations into good situations from the very beginning of time Yes, for some reason, we think God can't handle that we don't enjoy where we work or that we've got some some bills that have collected. We don't remember how faithful God has been throughout all of the history of the world to deliver us out and deliver us into incredible things and so for that we have a reason to celebrate i really love where it says and i want to camp out on this for just a second in verse five where it says come and see just a couple weeks ago 
Uh, one of Abby's good friends and co-workers were at our house, and uh, she had her two little girls there, and they do what all three- and four-year-olds do. They kept everything nice and tidy. Huh? Y'all are paying attention. That's great. No. Um, what did they do? Students, what do you think they did? They destroyed my home. From top to bottom, they destroyed it. And that's okay, because that's what three- and four-year-olds do. But So here's what I did. We were going to leave shortly thereafter. It was actually when we were coming up here to the chili cook-off. And so they had had about three hours or more of destroying my house. And so I looked at them and said, all right, kids, it's about time for us to go. I'm going to go get ready. And while I'm getting ready, I want you to see how much you can clean up. And so when I come out here, I want to see how many toys you can put away. So I go back to my room, I start getting ready, I'm doing my thing, and I'm and, and just a few minutes later, I hear Cooper running down the hallway. And I'm going, that boy, come on now. That's not that hard. Pick up your stuff. And he runs in, Daddy, 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 I need to show you something, buddy. What did Daddy say? I'm very compassionate, you can tell. <laughs> but Daddy's trying to get ready and remember I think you're supposed to be in there cleaning all your toys up and seeing how many toys you can put away while Daddy's getting ready. And so he goes, Daddy, 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 come on. Come, let me show you something. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go. We go. We start walking out of our room. He runs around the hallway. Of course, he doesn't like walk with me. He's gone. And so I'm just kind of following his little you know, dust trail. And so I, as I round the kitchen looking into our living room, he does that whole little like jump and turn thing in the ta-da moment. And when I walk into the living room, there's not one single thing on the floor. Everything. Now, it wasn't put up like I would have done it. But off in the corner by the basket where all the little blankies go or a big pile of blankets. All the toys aren't sitting together, sort of, and I'm OCD, so it's bad. I, they're not together where it's like I would have them, but they're all in their little, you know, in, in a place. How often do we do that for what God does in our life? How often are we willing to look at our coworkers, our family, and our friends and say, come over here, let me show you, let me tell you, what God has done for me. Because my boy was proud. Now, he was proud of what he did, and rightfully so. But we should have that same kind of attitude in our own lives for what God does for us, where we are running in places. Daddy, 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 come and look. Come take note of what has happened. When's the last time You've had a conversation with somebody you know, that you're close to. Maybe you don't even know them that well, where you took three minutes to proclaim what God has done, what they should come and see. Because he's been faithful to do it from the time he met Moses at the the edge of the water. He's still faithful doing it in our lives. He delivers us out of some incredible things. And we have a reason to celebrate in this church. I know some of y'all in this room have been here a little bit longer than I have. In fact, two days from now will be my my two-year marker here at Westmead. 
Some of y'all are charter members. So y'all are going like, boy, you haven't even figured out where the light switches are. Some of y'all got stories that go back for ages and for decades. But I want to tell you some things that I've seen. Now, I'm, I, I, and I told David I was going to have to do this. I'm about to give some two-year numbers and two-year things. Please do not take it as this only happened because I showed up. This is just what I've been able to witness God do in my time here. From January 1, 2018 until last Thursday when I asked Miss Jenny and Miss Stephanie to get me these numbers. Our church has paid off $623,222.33 to our debt. January 2018, our note was for $1,022,902.80. And if you look in your bulletin today, it is $399,680.47. That's a reason to celebrate, church. Part of that reason is because if you look up, and for all you little, the, the numbers people like me, we, we put in our budget $282,000 a year to, that covers our, our monthly payment. And so if you add up the numbers, then that lets you know that we're just a couple hundred dollars shy of in 22 months instead of 24 months being 60, we're, we're, we're 60,000 ahead of schedule just since I've been here. We've still got two more payments on this year, which is going to put us over $100,000 ahead of what we were or required to pay with our monthly bill. That's a reason to celebrate. We're putting so much emphasis on what we get to do in our community and how we get to serve and minister to people when that's gone. And in a couple months, we're going to be $100,000 ahead just in my time here. More important than that number, in the last 22 months, 89 people have stood in front of this church and said that they want to partner with us in ministry because they love seeing what God is doing in this place. And while I... I'm so grateful for every person that's joined. This number is even more important. 41 people have stood in front of this church and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came and paid the price for my sin, and so therefore I put my faith, hope, and trust in him and receive salvation through Jesus Christ in my time here. For those of y'all who have been here a little bit longer than me, your numbers are a lot greater than mine, but I just want you to know if you were to sit back and Google, that's not normal. That's not what's happening across our country in Southern Baptist churches. It's just not. So God is doing something great, and we need to celebrate it. It says, take note. Just come and see what God has done. And that's what I want to encourage you with this morning. I literally want you to go home and take note. 
If any of y'all are like me, if I didn't have the Regions app on my phone, I would overdraft like every 48 hours. If I didn't have a calendar, I would miss everything. I don't even know if I would show up to work on time if I didn't have it there. Yet we think that we can go through life and remember and know and acknowledge all that God does in our lives. And we spend about 45 seconds focused on them and then we move on to the next thing. I literally, and this is something that has been a burden to me over the last uh, week or so as I'm looking into this, I want us as a church family to get home, get a pen and a piece of paper, your iPhone notes app, your computer, whatever it is, sticky note it. I don't care. I want you to start writing down, think back all the things that God has done, how he has been faithful. I want you to write down the things that you're in the middle of so that a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, you can look back and say, Wow, that was awesome. I want you to write down what you're praying God is going to do through you, through your home, through your work, through this church. Write it down. And two years from now, have it. Look at it. Acknowledge it. And praise God and celebrate for all of the prayers that he answered. And at the same time, look and see all those things that he didn't answer the way you want it. And praise God he didn't give us what we always want. Because that would be a hot mess. Take note, church. Let's take note together. Let's acknowledge. Let's remember all that God has done, all that He is in the middle of doing, and just prepare ourselves for what He's got next. And that leads us to our last thing, and that is that Not only is God all-powerful, that he is our deliverer, God is in control. Just in reference to just uh, a few minutes ago, I had the privilege to be able to hang out with some of our students on Friday night and yesterday morning, and during that weekend, we we looked at and studied... um, following the will of God in our life, being a person who walks in the Spirit. And so in that, we, we looked at a couple of different passages, and, and one was the story of, of Paul and Silas uh, going uh, in, in the Macedonian call out of Acts chapter 16. If you look at Acts chapter 16, you don't have to turn there, I can read it there, I can read it for you. It says this, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to another place. I'm from Arab, y'all. Come just bear with me. And... Verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen this vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. That story over the next few verses goes like this. They're traveling, 
They cast the spirit out of a lady who um, was being used to tell uh, the, the future to people. And so people sort of owned her and used her. Um, and they weren't very happy when um, they took this spirit out that was making them money. And so before you know it, the magistrates are there, Paul and Silas. Uh, are being beaten, they are arrested, they are thrown into the, the depths of the prison and chained to the wall. And it says that during the night they begin to sing praises to God and praying to Him. One of the things that we looked at and, and talked about with the students this weekend was what if Paul and Silas were in a jail in Bithynia? What if they said, but God, there are people there that need to hear what we've got to say. And so we're going to go even though your spirit's commanding us not to. We don't know this, but I just have to wonder if they found themselves in a jail in Bithynia, are they singing praises to God or are they looking at their life and saying, I'm in this situation because I'm not where God wants me to be? See, this whole idea, this whole thought, this, the reality of God being in control, um, we can celebrate that when we're obedient to what he wants. It says that they were able to praise God, singing praises to him, praying to him in the middle of the night in this situation. And I have to believe that part of that reason, if maybe not one of the only reasons, they had an attitude of celebration in their heart is because they could look back and see the cookie crumbs that led them right to that spot. God, I would have gone to Asia, but you told me not to, so I waited and God, I wanted to go to Bithynia, but I'm not there now because your, your spirit commanded me not to go there. And so I waited. And so God, you sent a vision in the night of a man from Macedonia who declared that we needed to be here. So we are where you want us to be. The reality is that because they were living in the middle of the will of God, what he wanted, they could... They could sit there chained to a wall and praise God for who he was because they did not have an attitude of fear or worry or anxiety. They had an attitude of anticipation because they saw every single step. God led them exactly to the place where they were at. They didn't bring this prison on themselves. They were not running from God. They were not Jonah in the belly of the well. They were not. They did not find themselves in a terrible situation because they stopped going where God wanted them to go. God was fully in control, and so and they remained obedient in it. And through that, in the middle of this whole story, God was in control, and so they could celebrate because they were waiting to see what God was about to do. Through that, a whole prison 
got to see God at work. A jailer and his family found salvation in Jesus. And the people that arrested and abused them and threw them in jail came and apologized. They were obedient to what God wanted, and in that they were able to celebrate. And we'll close with this right here. Another story that we talked about was how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. John chapter 11, verse 39, in the previous verses, Jesus has said, roll the stone away. And Martha in verse 39 says, but but Jesus, he's been in there for like four days now. The effects of death have taken over. Let's not do that. And in verse 40, Jesus looks at Martha and he says this. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Church, my... Our final words to us this morning is may we believe that God is doing something that we've never imagined that he could do before. Can you believe in your home that God is powerful enough to deal with the things that you're walking through? Can you believe that God in his power can deliver you from the situations in your marriage, from the things that you struggle with and find yourself addicted to? Do you believe that God in his power can deliver you out of the Hades that you feel like you're in? Because Jesus declared, when you believe, Martha, I just said, if you will just believe you are going to see me at work. And when I'm at work, you will see the glory of God. First family, I want to encourage you. Figure out today all the reasons you have to celebrate. The list is a lot longer than you may think it is. Write them down, take note of them, watch them. See how God continues to be faithful in your life. And believe that God can do what he declares he's going to do. Believe that God can do more for you than you can do for yourself. And sit back. Get out of the way. Stop trying to mess it up. And watch God at work. And prepare yourself to see his glory. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for our time together. I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for the people that make up Westmead. God, I thank you for all the ways that you have been faithful to me in my life. How you have done things in the last 22 months. And for me, the last 24 months. 
God, doing things in the life of this church that we might not have expected or planned, but God, you are doing incredible things, and I pray that we don't forget it. I pray that we as a church family will continue every single day to celebrate what you are doing in in this place and what you're doing in our lives and what you're doing in our homes. God, you're so good. Today, God, I pray that we remind ourselves how powerful you are. And God, when we are obedient to you, you have full control. We can live with an attitude of anticipation, just waiting to see what you're about to do. God, I pray that you have your way in this time. I pray that we as a church family will respond how we feel you leading us. Somebody may need to say, I need to believe in Jesus, just in him. I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if so, I pray that today will be a day for them. For some of us, though, we all have something where we need to say, God, I believe. I believe that you got it. And so take control. And let me see your glory. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay.